0: Being a go-getter is a great thing when you think about it because go-getters are people of action, right? But it's not just being a go-getter, it's being a go-getter, it's being a person of action, but also being a go-giver, meaning that you are just absolutely laser-focused on bringing value to others. So it would probably be more accurate for us to say, be a go-getter and a go-giver, just don't be a go-taker.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lead with Impact. This is Brian Rullo, and I am so excited that you are here with me today. We have an incredible episode of Lead with Impact lined up for you. Our guest today is none other than speaker and best-selling author Bob Berg. You probably know Bob's name, and if by some chance you don't, you know the book he co-authored, The Go-Giver. The Go-Giver has sold nearly a million copies the last time I checked. On top of that, The Go-Giver was rated number 10 on Inc. Magazine's list of the most motivational books ever written and was on HubSpot's 20 most highly rated sales books of all time. The American Management Association also named Bob one of the 30 most influential leaders, and he was named one of the top 200 most influential authors in the world by Richtopia. So, you can imagine, I'm excited to have Bob on the podcast. I'm not going to make you wait any longer. I don't want to wait any longer. Let's jump into it and meet Bob Berg. Welcome to Lead with Impact. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Hey, Brian, great to be with you.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Well, it is a pleasure. As I've said to you before, just before we started, I'm a huge fan of The Go-Giver. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to talking about that because it is honestly one of the best business books and beyond business, I think. Life books that I've read. So I want to dig into that. But first I thought I'd ask you a question. I did a little research and found out that you are a former Golden Gloves boxing champion. So could you tell me a little bit about that?
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, my, my much younger and uh, faster days, (laughs) (laughs) like many, many, many years ago. Uh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, that was just, you know, sort of what I did. My, my dad, uh, Ran the the uh, Fifth Street Gym, the famous uh, Miami Beach Fifth Street Gym for Angelo and Chris Dundee after he got out of World War II. So it was a you know it was a little bit in my blood, but he didn't really want me to uh, box amateur, but I, I just uh, kind of picked it up anyway. And uh, so you know that was sort of a, a big growth area for me over the course of about three three and a half years or so in my late teens.
1: And what lessons did that provide you with? I'm sure there must be some that carried with you later in life?
0: Oh, certainly uh, the importance of self-discipline. I mean, you either get up early and do those miles on the road, uh, you know, when no one's watching you and, and you feel really yucky doing that, or you feel really lousy fading in the third round in front of 4,000 people. So, you know, that's, <laughs> there's there's something to be said <laughs> for that, I guess.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, thank you. It, it's an interesting story. I'd love to talk about journey. So maybe just quickly, if you wouldn't mind sort of filling us in on your journey, what has it been like for Bob Berg from being an amateur boxer in Golden Gloves to <laughs> being this best-selling author now? I'm sure there's a lot of journey in between those two points.
0: Well, I started out as a broadcaster in my professional career, uh, first in radio and sports, and then a uh, I was the late night news guy for a a very, very small ABC affiliate in uh, the Midwestern United States, but I really wasn't very good at that. I could read the news, but I certainly was not a, a journalist. And I ended up really, what I like to say, graduating into sales. And while I enjoyed sales, I certainly didn't have a knack for it by any means, and I had no training. So, and and the place where I started, their training was was negligible, we'll say, (laughs) meaning non-existent. And so I really floundered for the first few months. Uh, One day I happened to be in a a bookstore and uh, I came across some books on selling, which doesn't seem like a big deal now, but that was about 40 years ago. And back then, books on sales weren't as prevalent, and actually, I didn't even know they existed. So when I saw this book by Tom Hopkins, uh, How to Master the Art of Selling, and a book by Zig Ziglar, and I thought, wow, I mean, this is amazing. There's actually a methodology to this, and so I, I took the books home and began studying them. And I mean, from the time I'd get home from work till the the wee hours of the morning, I'd be reading and studying and rehearsing and highlighting, underlying, note-taking, dog-earing, I mean, the whole thing. And within a few weeks, um, my sales really began to improve dramatically. And, And again, what this said to me was, Berg, you don't have to know it all. You don't have to know everything. You don't really have to know anything. You just have to know where to look and when there's a methodology a system if you will and and to this day i i personally uh brian i define a system as the process of predictably Achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how to principles, the key being predictability. If you know that by doing A, you'll get the desired results of B, then you know that as long as you'll do A and continue to do A and continue to do A, you'll eventually get the desired results of B. And that's what I discovered. So I became a, a sales junkie. I just loved reading everything I could and listening to back then, it was cassette tape albums, right? That's how long sure. ago it was. But, you know, but what you also found, and, and this is what I, I really enjoyed, was all the personal development materials that were recommended and came along with it. So it wasn't just how to in terms of selling, which of course is very important, but it's also the inner self. It's the mind, it's the heart. So I started getting all those classics of personal development from Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People to Hill's um, Think and Grow Rich, to As a Man Thinker to The Magic of Thinking Big, to Psycho-Cybernetics, to this and that. And, and it just, I really, what I saw is you build yourself internally and the success manifests externally.
1: And so how did that lead you to the next step? So you, well, it sounds like you were doing great at sales, but what came after that?
0: Well, I, I worked my way up to sales manager of another company. Uh, and uh, people started asking me to, to show them how to do what was, what was working for, for my team. And um, eventually I just started making it into a business. And again, it's not that I just knew how to start a speaking business. I learned that there was a National Association of Speakers, uh, the National Speakers Association. And I joined and I, I learned how to have a speaking business, right, which is really like any other business. You've got to be able to not only know what you're doing, have the competency and so forth, but you've got to know how to sell it, how to market it, how to run it, how to and so forth. And there's a system for that, like anything else. And so, uh, yeah, I've been doing it now for, I guess, about 30 years or so.
1: So I'd like to segue from there to talk a little bit about the go-giver, because I know you've written many books and several spin-offs of the go-giver, but this is the one that really influenced me. Thank you. And I have to say, I have to give credit, uh, a young lady by the name of Mariah Ramondo, who is a colleague of mine. Gave me this book, so she embodied Uh, embodied the go giver spirit. She says you need to read this, and it just showed it showed up in the mail one day.
0: Well, please tell her, please tell her I said thank you. I'm honored to know that she uh, thought enough of
1: it to to do that. She did. She's quite a generous person, and I really appreciate the fact that she did that. And once I dove into it, it really, really made a big difference for me and the way I just looked at everything, including business. And I was trying to find a good summary for those who haven't read it Yeah, I hope they will, and we'll maybe send them in that direction by the time we're done talking. But I found at the very end, in the Q&A, there's a phrase where you say, what we're saying is that success is the result of specific habits of action, creating value, touching people's lives, putting others' interests first, being real, and having the humility to stay open to receiving. So would you agree that that's a good summary of the book?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think it is. And when you think about it, the premise itself, uh, from which all the laws derive, the, the basic premise is simply that shifting your focus. And this is really, uh, I think the key, Brian, and and again, I know this is something you always did. And I appreciate your kind words about saying the book, you know, uh, made a difference in how you saw things. But I, I know from, from from your teaching and your leadership, you were already Uh, living your life and conducting your business according to these principles long before you read the book. And so it's really that shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that doing so is not only a, you know, not only a pleasant way of conducting business, it is, but that's not all it is. It's also the most financially profitable way as well. And not for some, you know, way out, woo woo, uh, uh, magical, mystical (laughs) reasons. It actually makes logical sense. It's very rational. When you're that person who can take your focus off of yourself, and really, truly, authentically place it on that other person, looking for ways to help them to make their lives better, help solve their challenges, help them accomplish their goals. And this is whether we're talking about a sale or we're talking leadership, right? Uh, When you can do that, people feel good about you. They're attracted to you. They wanna get to know you. They like you, they trust you. They wanna be a part of your life. They wanna be a part of your business. Uh, of your team, what you know, what have you? So, so again, it really is, is you know, it's it's counterintuitive in a way, but it's also very rational, you know, once once you think about it.
1: And I love just the terminology from our character Joe, who in the beginning is a go getter, and learns this and becomes a go giver. And I, I love how it phrases during the book that there's nothing wrong with being proactive and being energetic but again i think as you pointed out it's how you're directing that focus. right
0: yeah it, it's it's actually being a go-getter is a great thing when you think about it because go-getters are people of action right but it's not just being a go-getter it's being a go-getter it's being a person of action but also being a go-giver, meaning that you are just absolutely laser focused on bringing value to others. So it would probably be more accurate for us to say, be a go-getter and a go-giver, just don't be a go-taker, right? That's the person who feels entitled, if you will, to take, take, take without having added value to the other, to the person, to the process, to the the situation. And and go-takers, as you know, they tend to be very frustrated because they they typically do not get the results they feel they deserve. And even when they do, because they do sometimes, it's difficult for them to sustain because it hasn't been built on a foundation. You really are in it alone. People are not rooting for you. People don't trust you. They don't necessarily like you. Now you can you know, can people do it and, and sustain it for a long time? Well, they can, but boy, is it a tough way to make a living? Uh, you know what i'm saying i mean you've got to really just be willing to do this hour after hour after hour day after day after week after week after month right because you're not you're not uh you don't have relationships to build upon so uh so yeah and i and i you know i wish we had explained that even more in the book that that we love go-getters it's just, you can't, it's just, it's not enough to just be a go-getter. You've also got to be a go-giver. And we would say that every go-giver by definition is also a go-getter.
1: Right. And not a go-taker.
0: Not, and not a go-taker. Exactly. And by the way, I just want to really credit my co-author, John David Mann, because he is really the writer, you know, he's the, he's the storyteller. And so, uh, the, you know, the best thing I did after having the initial idea for the book And a very basic idea of what it would be about was asking John. And when I say asking John, I mean, pleading with John to be my uh, co-author and and the lead writer and storyteller, because he's truly magic with a, I, I would say a pen, but I guess a keyboard.
1: Well, it turned out to be a great formula. And that, what you were just talking about really reminded me of one of my favorite quotes from the book, and it happens early on. The majority of people operate with a mindset that says to the fireplace, first, uh, give me some heat, then I'll throw on some logs.
0: Right, right, right.
1: And it's right. so easy to fall into that trap. Sure. And think that I've just got to go, go, go um, and take, 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 because we all want to receive, right? And that's, we all want to be able to <clears throat> put a house over our heads and have a car to drive. We all want to receive at some point, but it's taking that extra step to make sure we're being really intentional about our focus, I guess, and understanding that the first primal instinct we have to take is not the best way to receive. Ah,
0: you said that perfectly. You, you absolutely said that perfectly. And here's the thing. When I, you know, when I speak at, uh, sales conferences, I'll often begin by saying, and I I, I say this in a joking way, not as a, not in a dogmatic fashion, but I'll say, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet, right? They're not going to buy from you because you need the money and they're not even going to buy from you because you're a really nice person. They're going to buy from you because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And when you think about it, that's the only reason why anyone should buy from from you or from me or from anyone else. And as a leader, no one's gonna follow you because you wanna build this organization. Right. And I, I think you mentioned in your story that at first, while you were building your first organization, uh, you know, you, you came across, I think you said it very cleverly, more like uh uh, what was the guy's name at Dunder Mifflin, you know? Uh <laughs> Like a Scott, like uh, a
1: Scott,
0: Scott, and uh, before understanding that that's not what people wanted, that's not what people were going to respond to. They were going to respond to someone who cared about them, who actually placed their interests first, who said, "How do I help you? How does what what I'm asking you to do? How does it align with your goals, with your needs, with your wants, with your desires? How does what I?" want you to do? How does it align with your values? Uh, How am I helping solve some of your challenges? How am I making your life better just by me being part of it? And when you lead that way and selling is certainly leading and leading is certainly leading, now you've got people buying into you. And once they buy into you,
1: now they're going to buy into your idea. Absolutely. And then you talk, I believe... I have to look at the laws, but I think it's the third one. It talk, talks about the number of people that you provide value to. So, yeah,
0: so, yeah the law of uh, compensation. Second and, law then. Yeah, and and so this says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So sure, the law of value is very important because it talks about the experience you're bringing to another human, the the value you're providing another human being. Uh, And that's so important, but it's not just about that. We also have to be able to touch the lives of a lot of people. And that's what the CEO in the story, uh, Nicole Martin told Joe, the protege, law number one, the law of value is all about your potential income. But law number two, the law of compensation is about your actual income, why? Because it's, it's how many lives you impact with that value. And that's also key. So it'd be, you know as people say, well, which is more important, quality or quantity? Well, I, I don't think it's an either or. Now, of course, we focus on the quality, of course. And that would be the law of value, focus on the quality. But it's not enough to just serve one person. Right. So quantity is also important. Uh, You know, it's, it's, it's not an either, or it's an, and you begin with the quality, but you also build that quantity. And the more quality you provide, the more quantity of people (laughs) you will be able to provide with that quality. And it's sort of a really nice cycle of success. Absolutely. Is there some patience involved? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there is, but that's not to say that doing it this way takes longer. I think doing it this way takes shorter. Why? Because, you know, again, we have to ask the question, why is someone going to buy from you or why are they going to follow you? Uh, typically, the more that you are able to communicate to that person that, that uh, you know, your your win is all about their win, the quicker someone is going to buy into your, but life doesn't necessarily happen right away. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people do things on, you know, for their reasons, not ours, Dale Carnegie, very famously told us that and I I thought that was the underlying premise of his book when how to win friends and influence people where he wrote, you know, um, ultimately, people do things for their reasons, not your reasons, which means that if they're not looking to do x before a certain time, uh, you can you can help persuade to do that if there's a good reason for them to do that, but they're not doing it for your reason. They're going to do it for their reason. But tr- focusing just on yourself and trying to hard sell them on the idea is most likely going to turn them off. Whereas if you're able to tap into their reasons and help show them where it's why it's in their best interest, to do something sooner rather than later, now the chances are much better that's going to happen. But ultimately, people are going to do it for their reasons.
1: And it's such a powerful idea that you're saying, which on one hand seems, once once you say it out loud, it seems self-evident, right? But on the other hand, it's so easy again to, whether you're writing a website copy, whether you're drafting an email, whether you're reaching out to somebody on LinkedIn to talk about this is what i do oh very this, human. this is me and that shift i think when you take it out to its furthest extent changes everything
0: it it really does and you make a, a great point because you know it is human nature we are self-interested uh you know that, that's just human nature and so what so we're not saying to people hey, deny your self-interest, right? Because you'd be denying the truth, right? Uh, you know, ignore your self-interest. Eh, why bother ignoring it? You know, it's gonna come back, right? No, acknowledge it. But here's what we, we say, place it to the side. Temporarily suspend it. Just like when you go to watch a movie, you suspend you, it's, it's called the willing suspension of disbelief, right? You know that when you go to see a James Bond movie, it's a movie. Uh, you're going for that reason. You've seen the same actors in different, you know, the, you, it's, it's on a big screen. Uh, you know that James Bond, the, the whoever's playing him, uh, is not gonna crack a joke while a terrorist has a gun pointed at his head. That would never happen, right? But yeah. in order to enjoy it, get the feeling, and get drawn into the right, the emotion, and the whole but we 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 suspend our our disbelief. But once we leave the cinema, we get, okay, let's just, if we need to, let's do this here. Let's kind of suspend our self-interest. Let's willingly suspend our self-interest and and focus on that other person. Because again, just for practical reasons, that's why that person is going to take a certain action because we've communicated that it's in there best interest to do so. And we don't do that by talking about our product or service. We do that by asking them questions about themselves and what they are looking to accomplish. So I think that's really, uh, really the key.
1: It's amazing. Now, as we speak, we're recording this in early fall, mid-fall 2020. We're in a pandemic. The economy is in sort of tough shape, especially in certain mm-hmm. industries oh yeah people are worried is the go-giver still rel- relevant in this situation
0: yeah probably more so it, it tends to be even more so in in difficult economic situations why because again it goes right back to your wonderful point that we are so i focused or me focused And that's not why people are going to do business with us. So now is the time where we've really got to pull back from that natural instinct. Right. And ask ourselves, how do I communicate value to another human being? Right. To do that, we've got to take our focus off our off of our ourselves. And, you know, I mean, and again, it's 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 all of us. We all have that instinct. You know, I got to tell you, it's so it's so funny because when, when Kathy, my business partner and I write an email for let's say a, a product promotion we're doing, okay? And we take that first stab at it and we just kind of write it and, and then we go over it to edit it. And I know that the parts I write, the first thing we do is go over and take out all the I's and me's and so forth and, and product information and all those things you were talking about, right? Because it's so natural. So, so again, it's not whether people do it, it's are we aware that we're doing it?
1: <laughs> right.
0: and, so, and I happen to know that I am aware that I do it. <laughs> and so, so the first thing and we laugh throughout it because it's just so funny, because what do I teach? Get the I out of there and focus on the you, right? And what do we have in the, our first draft? So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very natural. So again, during a pandemic, what's our thing? It's survival mode, right? And it's, oh, I need to make this, say, and that doesn't mean we don't need to make that, it's fine but it, it means that we need to, again, understand that the sale is not going to occur because we need the sale. It's going to occur because someone sees that what we do brings sufficient value to their lives.
1: Got it. Thank you for clarifying. Such an important point. Now, before I go on to my next question, I want to make sure people can find your book. So if somebody would like to read The Go-Giver, which again, I highly recommend, Or call Mariah, maybe she'll send you a copy. Uh, But but assuming you have to buy your own, um, definitely worth it. Where can they go to find the go-giver?
0: The best place is com, and they can scroll down the page to where they can can read an excerpt or chapter one of any of the books in the series to see if they like where it's headed. Then they can always click through to Amazon or wherever they want to uh,
1: click through to. And that brings up another point that I want to just clarify. There are more Go-Giver books, including one directly on sales, I believe. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the
0: second one we did, three of the four are are parables. The only one that isn't is the second one in the series, and that's called Go-Givers Sell More. And it was, it was, it's really a, but we call it an application guide because it really goes through all five of the laws, the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. And it it shows how to apply them on a deeper level and gives examples of people who have done that. And then right. the other books in the series, The Go-Giver Leader and The Go-Giver Influencer, those are also uh,
1: parables co-authored with John. I'm gonna hop on and make sure I get those. So thank you very much. And... Recommend all of them to my audience. One last question that I wanted to ask you about, because I know this is something that's important to you. After interacting with you on social and the different forums, I see you talk a lot about animals and animal rights. Uh, is that something that's important to you, and maybe you can tell us why? Uh, it really is.
0: Uh, first, I mean, I, I grew up with dogs, so I just have always had a love of of dogs and a love of all animals. I've always had a natural affinity to for them or with them because they tend to be very loyal, the ones who are our pets, but also animals, you know, whether wild animals and and I also don't talk about reptiles or I'm talking about anything, I don't care, anything living. It typically they mind their own business. They just want to live life then and, and you know, because they still have a desire to live, even though it's more of a an intrinsic one as opposed to a thinking one. And I think they have the right not to be disturbed and not to be killed and tortured and eaten and so forth. So, um, you know, again, this is just me, but you know, my, fi- my feeling is do no harm to anyone or any living thing. And, um, and I think animals have as much, you know, right. They don't have rights in the same way a human being has, you know, the right to life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. I do believe they have the right to life and that you know other than in a situation that it's uh, you know that it's uh uh you know to to protect your you know save your family or or what have you uh i just believe animals have the right to be treated with dignity and to
1: uh not be not be harmed thank you for sharing that message it's a powerful one and uh i appreciate it when you share those posts because they always stop and make me think and i know a lot of other people as well
0: and yeah, well thank you i i appreciate that it you know it it brings me great sadness to know that there are human beings who just are just so horrible to to animals i just i it's one of those things i just don't get and i probably never will
1: yeah i appreciate it i personally i've been vegetarian for a few years and part health reasons but part certainly you know ethical and starting to worry about think about how i was treating animals in my life Oh, so I that. A, a message resonates with me, not saying everybody, everybody has to be a vegetarian, but I think everybody, most good people want to see animals taken care of. So, yeah.
0: And I, I think if you, if you ever look at any videos or watch what happens at a factory farm or any kind of, uh, and you know, dairy farms are no better there. I'm telling you the, 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 the horrid lives that animals have to live. It just, if you saw it, I think most people would just never eat anything again that was, you know, that 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 happens to. Again, uh, just my opinion. And uh, I, you know, but but I do feel strongly about
1: it. Thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you again for the lessons from the Go-Giver and taking time to be with my audience today, because I know the Lead with Impact audience is going to love this. I know they're going to run out and buy the book. And even more importantly, probably to you, they're going to implement this in their lives. So thank you for taking the time.
0: Well, thank you. I've really enjoyed getting to know you on social media. And I know you're doing a wonderful job in leadership and and teaching us how to uh, lead the fields in our own right. So thank you so much.
1: And that was the amazing Bob Berg, everyone. I hope you got as much from that interview as I did. So much to share, so much goodness and just the point that Giving is the right mindset. When all else fails, giving is the right mindset for so many reasons. A lesson that I think of every day when I think of Bob and The Go-Giver. I also want to give another shout out to my friend, Mariah Raimondo, who we mentioned in the podcast. Mariah is the one who sent me a copy of The Go-Giver, something I try to pay forward all the time. So do me a favor and check out Mariah's website, mariahramondo.com. Link in the show notes. She does incredible work. And this is going to be the weirdest spot ever to mention this, but I have some personal news to share with you. If you're still hanging on, I've got some exciting news. I have published my first book. It is called The 10 Habits of Influential Leaders. I'm super excited about it. If you want to learn how to be more influential and unleash your team's potential, I would love it if you checked out the 10 Habits of Influential Leaders. You can find it on Amazon by searching that title, searching my name, or by checking out the link in the show notes. That being said, thank you so much for being here. It's been an amazing episode, and I can't wait to talk to you again next time.